table for the weekend of the 1st of December. Now, just me again today as the couple of the boys are still off doing their thing with work and exams and all that sort of stuff. So I thought I'd do mine solo again and then we can try to kick back off for the weekend of, oh, sorry, the, the summer of cricket where I know Dano's going to be up and about, which is going to be fantastic. So usual structure, weekend in review, two horses to follow. We'll touch on Rose Hill, Doombin and Caulfield this weekend and then finish up with a bit of chat regarding the Winterbottom, which is the group one there over in at Ascot. So I had a really, really good weekend. I spent 19 units for a return of 50 units. Now, I did have a big win there on the WA Guineas. I did back the $8 winner there, so I had four units on it. So that was probably the biggest contributor to my weekend, which was fantastic. Now, we bet on Madame Odette there at Doombin. I thought it was a huge run. I was just left with too much to do and got done just... Unfortunately, we had Comrade Rossa there, which was an enormous run there, swooping down the outside. I think if we step her up and trip in fourteen up to the fourteen hundred meters, I think she's in for a huge prep. We had a five-unit play there on Headwall in the last at um, Kembla Grange. Unfortunately, it was a poor ride from Blake Sprids, where he had the opportunity to come down the outside where Mabel, the winner, did, and he decided to go up the inside in the inferior ground. I still thought the horse finished off very, very nicely, and I think it's a horse you can forgive for that run. I thought Surf Dancer was a decent um, chance there in the gong. Obviously, Detonator Jack came out and absolutely blew them away. Now, there was a lot on late market support for him, so it's one of those they-knew moments. Uh, Charterhouse, at, I didn't bet on anything in this race, but Charterhouse at odds was huge at Cranbourne, and a big shout-out to Brent Zarafa there from Get On, who actually tipped it. I thought um, second and third were also great in that race. Um, Insurrection was good in the Warra, I think it was called. Um, huge push for Quick Tempo. I think it was $16 into five fifty second favourite. And it was also fantastic. It actually backs up this weekend there at Rose Hill. And that was pretty much it. Um, huge run in the... Oh, what was the race there at, at Ascot? The Railway. Um, we obviously made the pick for, um, oh, what was his name, Tuvalu. Uh, when you read the post-race re- uh, reports there from Jamie Carr, said that he came to his end of his prep. So obviously he was a bit tired. Maybe the travel caught up with him. Maybe it was because of his fourth run this prep. I don't know. But Bustler was awesome. It was a brilliant ride there from Stephen Parnham. And, yeah, it's good to see Group 1's going to locals despite the West Invaders. Now, I've got two horses to follow from the weekend. First of all, we have Lock Eagle, which comes out of the gong. Now, he was three wide the entire trip and somehow kicked on to still run second, beating home Ossipenko, who was the horse that I thought would probably win that race. Um, I think he's a horse that you can certainly follow leading up into the the summer riches up here in Queensland. I, th- I have no doubt that Chris Lees will likely bring him up here. He may even push on to the Ingham next week. Who knows? Well, let's just wait and see. Now, the other one, which is a bit left of field, is a horse by the name of Margie's Boy in Cranbourne Race 5. So that was the race. I can't remember who won that race. But anyway, he sat at the back in run, 
He didn't go round a horse, I do concede that. But he was coming up the inferior ground. And if you look at the replay, he actually ran into trouble at about the 200-meter um, mark. And I think if he got clear running, I think he would have potentially competed for or potentially even nabbed third from, uh, I think, forget who the horses was. But he did have a $26 uh, dollar SP in that race. So I think if you're looking at it, um, moving forward, we might actually get a price about him next start. So he's one that I want to look at, probably stepping up from the 1,000 metres to maybe the 1,200 metres, and ideally in grade. So he, so the race was won by Pink Bow Tie. Luna Cat was coming down the outside and Zoo Sensation. So he finished um, in that race. So I think he's a good horse to follow and just keep an eye on him. Now, this weekend, we've got Rose Hill. Now, the weather, we're expecting between one and five mils both today at Rose Hill. Friday is not going to be as much, and then on Saturday as well. Now, I think given the um, the track, I think we're probably going to be dealing with a soft five, soft six at worst. So we're probably going to have some pretty good racing. And then we've got the rail in the true. So the first race I want to discuss is race seven, which is one of the features there on the card, which is called the Festival Stakes. I'm just getting it up there. So festival stakes. So the speed map I have here is I've got quite a fast tempo set with a lot of on paces drawn the inside. Felix Majestic, Glint of Silver, Fearson I think can kick up. I think military experts are going to roll across. Dajran, Banju and Jambira are all going to try and find their spots. So I think this race could really set up for a horse that's either drawn just behind the speed who can absorb the pressure or they are running on a horse to finish down the outside. So I think we'll touch on market order there. So Grabini, so I think it was great in that Goldburn Cup with Fearson as there was a big gap back to third. Now, the horse will likely probably head back um, from that draw in Barrier 11. So the big thing is we've got to be keeping an eye on during this race is are horses running on? And if so, I think this guy's a great chance. If you're seeing that it's quite advantageous to be up and in, even if it's just behind the speed, then I think this guy might be out of his depth. Now, he's, I think he's a stayer on the rise. I think he's going to be better suited up to around the 1,800 metres and 2,000 metres as he is by Ocean Park, who is a, is a proper stayer. So he does like soft going and heavy going. So if we do see more rain than predicted, I think he's going to be a really good chance. Does kick K-Mac, annoyingly I know, but he, is, he knows the horse very well and I think the horse is great. Now, we've got Rustic still there. So this horse has obviously been in our black book since... Um, his first up run there uh, at Randwick in the Sydney Stakes behind IME and a couple of those other horses. Now, that was a race that was dominated by those up on speed, and this guy finished off really strongly. He then had a trial in between runs. He then went to the Hunter there and then was also met another race which was dominated by those on speed in Coal Crusher. Now, again, he finished off really nicely. He, he beat home military expert Gravina and wasn't far off Marzu and Rocketing by and then obviously Cole Crusher and King of Sparta were too good for him. Now, I think getting up in trip to around the 1,500 metres is going to be really good for him, and I think his sweet spot's probably around the mile mark. Now, he has been marred by wide barriers this prep, and he's now drawn really nicely in barrier six to sit just behind the speed. Now, I think Chris Lees has an eye on the Ingham with him, and I love the booking of, um, sorry, of Clippo for this race. We've then got Fine Point. Now, Last start in that hot Danish first up, the horse was $31 into $14. So 
the market really did like her. Second up record reads pretty well for this. So four starts for a win, a second and two thirds and does have a good record here at Rose Hill. Now, Regan replaces Zach Lloyd, who I feel like in the last month or so has been very hot and cold. So I'm actually quite happy to see Regan get on. The horse is drawn really nicely in barrier one. And I could actually see... Uh, Regan kicking up with the 54 kilos and actually taking up the running in this race using that early, um, that with that inside barrier. So I don't know. I think he's another horse that's heading towards the Ingham. Whether or not he's going to be wound up ready to go, we'll see. We've then got acquitted here, who's dual nom for Doombin also. Now I'm intrigued to see what Chris Lees does here because I know the horse has a preference for wet tracks, so I, I suspect with this impending rain coming on Friday and Saturday here in Brisbane, that Chris Lees might opt to keep him up here. Now, he's drawn gate one there at Doombin in the Roku Gin Tail Stakes. He's got Orman, so I think he's going to be likely up there, so you expect some deductions in this race. Then got Military Expert, who was beaten home by Rustic Storm, who I think is... who. And I think Military X were better suited over the 1,300 metres. Now, he does have a good second up record and he has one at the track and trip before. The only thing I have is with the speed drawn around him, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes in the map from barrier nine and whether he's going to roll forward and try and take up the lead with, with Rachel King on board or is he going to try and find a sit because with that speed drawn inside, it's going to be interesting for him. We've then got Fearson, who's a horse that I've got a lot of time for. We did make it a bet last, um, last time round. Now, I thought he was awesome in that Golden Cup, which we spoke about. He then w went to Newcastle, and I think it was a BM90 or 94 or BM100 over the 1,300 metres there, and he fought on so gamely after sitting deep the entire run. Now, he has performed well at 1,400. My concern is him stepping up to 1,500 metres now. It's his bi-exosphere, who was a renowned sprinter. We've also got Tazaral there, who's another one that I really like. But unless we're dealing with a good three, good four, I don't think he'll be suited. And the likelihood is he's he's probably going to be scratched if we are in the soft range. And again, no Chad Schofield. He's got Zach's, the Mr. Inconsistent. So I think if he's looking from a betting perspective, I think Rustic Steel has certainly got the map advantage here in this race. And I think it's setting up really nicely for him. And I think he's absolutely flying. But it is, it is a race there that I'll be very keen to see what happens come Saturday morning given the track, but also who's going to scratch and who's going to not. All right, so race eight, we move to the Starlight Stakes. So this is a really good, fast race. So it's a handicap over 1,100 metres. Now, Malkovich looks to lead this race relatively easily with Conscript probably rolling in from the outside barrier. Now, Malkovich was scratched from the Wara, which I think is that 1,100 metre race there at Kembla, which was run by Insurrection. So if you're looking at this, I think there's only five winning chances in this race. So Malkovich, he's a rocket. He's trialed accordingly. Um, I love that Rachel King trialed him, but also he's on board. She's a really good rider of leaders. Um, he had a 1,000-meter trial there at Hawkesbury, beating overpass by three, three lengths, who's a proper racehorse and is a really good trialer also. First up record is awesome. Distance record is also fantastic. The only slight concern I have is he hasn't placed at this track and trip before. But then when you go a bit deeper, one was in a Group 1 Galaxy on a heavy nine, which probably isn't his go, and the other was a golden in the Golden Gift as a two-year-old. So you can probably forgive that and disregard those stats, and I think he's another horse since he's been gelded. Um, Dragonstone is another great horse. He's on the quick backup from that insurrection race there, the Warra, last weekend. Um, the step-up and trip, I think, is going to suit him from the 1,000 to the 1,100 metres. He handles all going, but when you head back, um, he'll likely probably head back from that wide draw. The only thing I have is, is 
there's going to be a bridge too far with a track being soft ground. And he hasn't won since June 2022. So we're looking at over a year since his last one. We've then got Quick Tempo. He's another horse on the Quick Backup uh, with $16, I think I mentioned above, um, into five fifty there in that Warra and did clock the fastest last eight, six, four, two, and 100 of the meeting. So the horse handles all conditions, and I think the heavier the better for him. So keep an eye on him. Now, he does love this track and trip. He's had two starts for a win and a second, and he has a fantastic second-up record. So he's one to keep an eye on, and Jason Collette is riding so phenomenally at the moment. We've then gone Conscript, who's a horse who I think has great ability. Uh, we've backed him before. His first-up record sound, he does have a good record at the track. I love the booking of T. Clark on the minimum, and I think he could actually give this race a real shake. It's just a matter of where he gets and where this map ends up. And then finally, this is the horse that I think is a great chance as well in Sneaky Page. So it's been, it hasn't been missed in the market, unfortunately. And it's a horse that hasn't won for a while either. But if you go back and watch the two trials of it, this prep, they both look very, very good. And I think the horse has come back really nicely there for Brad Widdop. Um, the horse looks really round up, ready to go. It's got a great first up record. Uh, it's got a good record distance. And I think the softer, the better for her. Um, in terms of a bet, I honestly, I could not separate those five that we've spoken about. And I think the market has it spot on. So I'd be keen to see, watch the market late for this and also watch the track. Because I think if it's playing leader bias, just back Malkovich. If it's if you see some market support for someone like Sneaky Page or Quick Tempo, then I'd be probably backing those two. Now we head up to Doombinair. So we've got some really good races as the, the, the Queensland Carnival stuff to kick off. Now, we do have rain expected on Friday and Saturday with storms um, and showers. We're probably expecting around five mils or so on both days, but who knows what. Now, uh, as of Thursday morning when I was doing the form here, it was a heavy eight. Um, so I think with this rain there, we're probably going to be dealing with soft six, soft seven, and maybe a heavy eight come race time. Now, the rail's out one metre, so that's a good thing. Uh, and we're going to touch on races seven and eight also. So race seven is a 1,200 metre set weight and uh, set weight race there for, what's an open, sorry. Now, this is the mode stakes. Now, we've touched on this race in terms with um, Party for Two, who's a horse I've got a lot of time for. So the speed map here, I have, I don't expect him to, uh, to break any records, but I do think there's a decent amount of pace here. And if you can look at the speed map, a lot of the speed seems to have been drawn in the outside three barriers, particularly with the, the Gaybot horse, Toromina, Mashani Royale and Party for Two, who have all led their races leading up into this. Now we'll touch on market order again. Now we've got a bounding. Now the horse was enormous over the 1,200 metres uh, here at Doombin uh, in October. That was on a good four, so we did have the right to do that really well. He sat off the speed, peeled wide around the bend and gave nothing else a chance. He's had a lovely tick over trial, however, just um, I just have concerns about whether he's going to be handling the heavy going if it does come. Now, he is by Rich Enough. Now, some of the horses from Rich Enough handle the soft going and some don't, so I guess we'll have to wait and see what ends up happening with the track. Now, he's never missed the trifecta here at the track, and he's never missed the uh, Cornella at the distance from four attempts. Um, he's drawn really nicely from barrier three to sit behind the speed, so I think he can sit quite handy, which will be a good thing. I just don't want him getting too far back. 
Now we've got Party for Two, who's a one that's in our black book now. She's, she's drawn wide again, unfortunately. Now we know that she came out and almost broke the 1,000 metre Eagle Farm record first up. She then went to the 1,000 metres there at Sunshine Coast and sat five wide the entire trip and still um, battled on to run within point length of the winner who had a much nicer run in transit. I think there'll be a lot of pros out there coming out and saying that they're worried about her running out of strong 1,200 metres, but I think this prep, she's got those two strong 1,000-metre runs under her belt, and I think she'll be fine. Love the booking that CJ Graham stays on board, and I think, to be honest, I'd love to see Toramina kick up and kind of just get slightly ahead and kind of bring Party for Two across so she can either sit... Just behind that speed, maybe two pairs off the fence, um, that would be ideal. You've then got Toromina, who has the scalp of Arctic Glamour, who was a one-time thousand guineas favourite on debut. Now, Gaybot then ran her in the Silver Shadow, where I don't think she handled the going and was outclassed by Autumn Ballet, Estrella, Komochi and Co. Um, she's had two really nice trials at Randwick um, for this prep. And I think the booking of James Orman is a huge push. Now, again, it's one of those things where you've always got to be wary of the Sydney form. I just think if she gets a good deck on Saturday, which is highly unlikely. I think she's a ripping chance. Soft deck brings her back to them. You've then got Miss Kuda, who's got a good first up record and has trialed pretty well as well at Doombin over the 1,000 metres. Um, Instagood was also in that trial. Dolan Trialdo then comes here. Let's just wait and see if there's any market support for her because I know Muncie likes to have a bit of a punt, or the connections at least. Uh, Tiger Shark was in the party for two race. I think it had a much better or much more economical run transit. I'm still beaten. Um, Instagood is another one that I've got a lot of time for. Golan, I know, also has a good opinion. Now, it does get Thompson. Trial was really nice at Doombin with Orman on board, which was interesting. So he's opted to ride to Toromina. Um, I don't know. What I'm going to say here is I'm going to trust my gut on this and I'm going to back party for two. Um, let's see what happens with this race. And if we're dealing with a heavy deck, the likelihood is I probably make it a bet. But let's just wait and see. All right, so moving on to race eight, the George Moore Stakes. Now, this is a really, really good race. Um, I'll briefly touch on it, but I don't really have a huge amount of opinion. I think if you look at this race, I think it comes down to four chances. Because if you look at the Swiss Ace, which is one of the lead-up races to this, I cannot see anything from that race beating Natuno, who was awesome. Simple as that. He now drops from 58.5 to kilos to 54. He's drawn better in barrier two. He gets Damien Thornton, who's absolutely firing. And Natuno's one from one at the track and trip. Now, that, saying that, we do get Rothfire, who is probably is the best horse in this race at even weights. Now, he does have to carry the 61 kilos. He comes out of races where he's been racing against Imperatrice. He had a really, really nice trial there over the 1,000 metres there at Doombin on the 23rd of November, and Ben Thompson did ride him. So I think he's a great chance. You've then got Baller, who's another one, gets um, Orman. Um, really, really good chance. He's got a great first-up record with 11 starts, four wins, and two-thirds. Now, you can probably look back on it and remove any of the races where he was down south and look at Gollan's record with him. He's been to Doombin for oh, for five starts. He's had two seconds and three thirds, so he hasn't been able to crack the win. And same can be said for his track and distance, where he's had four starts with two seconds and two thirds. So he's another one who's got who's got a good chance. And then you've got Alpine Edge, who trial really nicely over the thousand meters there at the GC, has a decent record and handles the soft going. So 
I think it's between those four. I think Head says that uh, Natuno is a ripping chance because I know he's going to handle the soft and heavy going and he's the lightweight. Now, I know Rothy handles all the conditions, but whether or not he can get through the slot with 61 and conceding seven kilos to Natuno is a big concern for me. So I think if you're asking from a betting perspective, I'll probably back Natuno. But again, Rothfire, Baller, and Alpine are just scary. All right, so now we'll go to Caulfield there, down there, down south. Now, again, weather, they're expecting, so they had some rain on Wednesday. They're expecting rain on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, probably around the five mil mark all day. So I think when I was looking at it, it was soft seven at the time of recording. But despite that, I suspect they're probably going to have a bit more rain. Now, the rails are out five metres, so we do go back and look at that 1,000 guineas day where it's very, very leader bias, and that was with the rail and the true. So the races that we're going to discuss are race eight, I'm um, sorry, four, eight, and 10. So let's go to race four first. So this is the Berwick Twilight Glow Stakes. So it's set weights and penalties. So I think the speed map here, and I think this speed map is probably why Miraval Rose has come up favorite because it looks to lead this race pretty easily from Lady Savoy kicking from down, kicking out from, or kicking up from the outside barrier. I think Electrona could probably utilize the inside draw and potentially lead this race also, at least sit handy because uh, I doubt they're going to want to get uh, it buried there on barrier one. I also think Lively, with the booking of Linda Meach, will also roll forward there. So I think they could set up quite nicely for a horse that's probably going to be coming uh, from off speed. So we'll touch on market order again. So you got Miraval Rose there. Charles Bed combo is a very good combination. The horse was enormous at Cotton, uh, knocking off extremely rowdy, funnily enough, over the 11, 15 metres. I thought both her horses were enormous in that race. It was just Miraval. Uh, Rose had a better run in transit and won accordingly. Now, her sire, uh, Grunt, won up to 1,600 metres. So one would suggest that she'll probably get this trip. It's just a matter of not whether she'll get this trip after stepping up um, in her fourth race. Um, I thought her second there, I can't even know how to pronounce this, the Manhari Matai Thoroughbred Stakes there at Caulfield on that leader bias day. I thought she had every chance as she was up on speed and she was knocked up by an 80 to one shot in brazen style. So I think the draw is very kind for her and I think she can sit up on speed and probably lead this race quite easily. But I do think there's better suited horses at 1400 meters than her. So then we've got Extremely Rowdy, who's there on the quick backup after being enormous there in over the 1,200 metres there in that open handicap at Cranbourne, knocking off Il Cubo quite easily, Jewel Bay, Peace Treaty, and Wigan. Um, now, we spoke about that cotton race. He then went to a pack and a maiden on a night where the rails was the absolute travelator, and he somehow peeled out wide in lanes five or six and dead-heated with an absolute roughie who got the gifted run up the rails. Um, like I said, that run last Saturday at Cranbourne was awesome to the eye, and I think he can sit really handy from barrier three. We've then got Right to Party, who comes out of the roll on high Jolly Star Desirable Stakes. Um, obviously, the race was dominated by those on speed, and Jolly Star actually came out and won the 1,000 guineas on that on-pace on bias day. Um, I thought the horse finished really well in that, um, finished off really well in that desirable stakes and was held up at a key stage. The thing I don't get is how you can, the, there's a bit of a discrepancy between uh, her and Bezo. Um, sorry, yeah, her and Bezo, because I think Bezo's a really, really good horse. Um, obviously, blitzed Electrona at Ballarat over the 1200 metres. Um, sorry, I think the 
I'm just looking through my notes. The discrepancy between B's on right to party is a bit interesting. Um, I think they should be flipped in odds. So that brings me to Bezo. So speaking about Bezo, it was a horse that I was really keen for in that desirable stakes, and I made an each-way play in my staking. Um, I think the horse has really, really good ability. Now, you go back and look through its form. In a Ballarat Maiden, it blitzed Electrona over the 1,200 metres by two lengths, r- finishing off very easily. And it also smoked uh, Run Harry, one who came out and won um, a race since. So... I think he's a really, really. I think she's a really, really good chance at odds in this race. You've got Flying Fizz there, who's undefeated, has a fourteen hundred meter run under the belt. Um, but then you can tie in probably uh, Electrona there because you go back and look at Flying Fizz only knocking off Electrona by point uh, one of a length, and then you look at Bezo who absolutely smoked it, and then you finally got Lively, who I think is a really smoky in this race now. Obviously, the booking of meets shows intent, and they're probably going to roll forward. Now, it did debut in a 1,400-meter maiden there at um, Warnable and won accordingly, won by about three lengths. But the problem is it didn't beat much, and it didn't smash the clock. So I think if you're looking at it from a betting perspective, I think it's a really deep race. I think extremely rowdy, has a lot of ability, and I think the 550 about it is really good price. Um, if Miraval Rose continue, gets into red figures, so under $2, I think I'll be laying her. But uh, is this a quarter leg? No, it's not a quarter leg, so thank God. All right, let's move over to race eight there, which is the Zipping Classic. Uh, Wait for age race over 2,400 metres. So speed map, we know, deny knowledge only knows one way and will roll forward. So I think she'll lead Serpentine and Military Mission. Annoyingly, I was really keen on Hoida, who after this run in the champion stacks, but he has since been scratched. Um, So that's annoying. So that opens this race up. Um, now, if you're looking at this, I think the favourite Muramas is a, is a horse that's on the rise and a stayer with a lot of ability. Now, you go back and watch that run in the Queen Elizabeth, carried the 54 kilos and absolutely put the sword to them very, very easily. So I don't think the step back from the 2,600 metres to 2,400 metres is too much of a concern, nor is the two kilo weight rise. Um, this race looks a bit of a target race for him, and I think... I think he's a proper horse, and I think looking into the new year, I think he could be a proper wait-for-age stayer. Uh, you've got Vow and Declare, who, who is stepping back off the Melbourne Cup with a good night, seven and a half lengths. Concern for me is, is this an afterthought? I don't know. You've got Duke DeSessa there, who gets a two and a half kilo weight swing on Muramasa, but I don't think that will change anything. It's three lengths third behind him. It's quite a big margin to make up. I think the only thing that might be playing more into Duke DeSess's hand is the potential for us to be in a, on a soft seven heavy deck. Um, I do know Miramasa handles the soft going. Whether or not handles the heavy going is going to be an interesting thing. You've then got Deny Knowledge, who, only, like I said, only knows one way, but was probably gifted the matriarch due to the wind and a peach ride from Carr. Although I think she's won beyond 2,200 metres in the country oaks, this is a huge step up in grade from that. And she looked to be out on her feet in the matriarch. So I think the extra 400 metres is a concern for me. Um, I did have uh, Banker's Choice in the Black Book saying, go to a country cup over 2,000 metres, and I think he's a great chance. The worry I have is he doesn't have a great record here at Caulfield. He did carry the 62 there in, um, yeah, in the country cup's final, was beaten quite easily. And I think the odds suggest his chances. 
Um, to be honest, I think if we're in a soft going, I think Miramasa wins this race, and I think it's going to stamp itself as a stayer on the on the rise. Now, the last race at Caulfield I want to touch on there is another one that we have a black booker in. Now, this is the listed Dover uh, Stakes, an open handicap over the 1,200 metres. Now, the speed map I have is quite a decent amount of speed there because I have Rangers, Lombardo, Similion, and Jigsaw all setting a decent speed. Now, let's touch on them in market order. Now, Gennady, we put in the black book after her enormous run there in the how now behind Rose Quartz and She Dances. Now, again, that was one of those day. that was on that day where those up on speed really dominated there at Caulfield. She got some very, very good final four and 200 metres of the day against the bias. Um, now, unusual culture who Gennady did beat home goes round in race six as second favourite behind Valana. So... If she wins or performs really well, expect um, Gennady to shorten. I think she gets a big jockey, jockey upgrade from Jamie Carr from Voldemort. And I think if she can sit handier from barrier eight and kind of follow that speed along and just sit hand, um, sit behind them. You've then got Jigsaw, who's coming off a fifth in the Manicato behind Imperatriz. I thought it was quite a good run. It was just being by better horses. Now, it was scratched from the 1,000-meter race there at Cranbourne last week due to the track conditions. So whether or not they stick around for this week, because I know the horse does not handle heavy going. Has one in the soft before, but it's more around the soft five range. Um, and it doesn't have the best of records at 1,200 metres. I think it's had um, 11 starts for four wins and a second back um, back in grade. You then got Showmanship, who I think on ability is the best horse in this race. He's just coming off 440 days away from the racetrack. Now, I know he certainly had his issues. He does have a good first up record, however, and a wonderful distance record. The concern of is where he's at. So if you see a push for him um, come race time, then I probably would have a little bit on him. But if you don't see any market support or you don't get the tick of approval from the yard from either Jane Ivel or Bella Anderson, then I wouldn't be getting on. Uh, Prowling uh, was good first up in the village stakes, was also working home well against the bias at, at Caulfield. Again, we touched on that before. Second up record is not bad and has only missed a trifecta over the 1,200 metre twice in, in his career. Barry 12 is interesting for him, however, as I don't know if Blake McDougall will punch him up and follow the speed across or will they'll drop him back and try and round them up. It's interesting. And then we've got the interesting runner in this field in Laudacion. So this is a seven-year-old ex-Japanese galper. So he's making his Australian debut now. He has been racing over in Group 2 company over there in Japan and in Dubai. He has form around a case for you who was very competitive in the Group 1 winter uh, races here in Brisbane. Songline, who's one of Japan's better milers and who did start second favourite in the Breeders' Mile behind Augustine Roden just recently. Now, he is seven, which is interesting, and he's only won one race, which is also a huge concern. But one of the scary things here is laying on a Japanese horse. He just knows them so well, and likelihood he might have even sat on him back in Japan. So I think if we're looking at it from a betting perspective, I think Gennady's, if the track is playing fair and not too soft, I think Gennady's a really good chance. But it's one of those days where I don't really want to be having any early bets across all three tracks, given the potential weather. All right. So now we move to Ascot and touch on the winter bottom. So Ascot, weather's fine, thank God. Tracks are good for. Now the rails are out eight metres. So if you go back and watch last week's races, I think they were in the true position. You saw horses winning from everywhere. But you did see quite a horses, quite a lot of horses coming down the outside quite nicely. So if we move that down, one would suggest that's probably going to be the firmer ground and it might be the best place to be. 
So if you look at the winner bottom stakes, I think Overpass will get the rail with his draw there. I think Oscar's Fortune will just sit outside him. I think Fanta could roll forward from the outside wide draw with Snowdome. And I think Sava 2XL will likely be there as also. And I think with Barrier 3 with Flying Missile, I think, uh, sorry, Triple Missile, I think he can sit quite handy just behind the speed also. So I think if we look at this field, who is the genuine sprinter in this? And the only genuine sprinter here is Overpass. The fact that Josh Parr has flown over to Perth for this ride suggests to me that he's going to be pretty keen on it. And if he brings his A form, he just brains this field. Two starts ago, he was pipped on the nose by Private Eye. He beat Homebornus Notches in secret in Y50, who have all gone to be very competitive in proper Group 1 contests. So I think he'll lead this race quite easily. And with that rail out, like I said, in the eight-meter position, I think it's going to be more favorable to be on speed um, as opposed to those kind of trying to round them up and flying down, down the outside, kind of like ripcord. You've then got Triple Missile. He was 440 into 370 in the Rising Fast Stakes after his first up run behind Star Patrol and the Gill Guy. Um, I don't think his run was that good. And I'm wondering whether he's up to it. Now, he does have a good affiliation with this track and trip. However, I just, I, I don't know, I have reservations about him running around. And I think there's other horses in the market who are better chances. Um, that brings me to Rip Cord, who if you look back and watch that run in the Placid Arc, he was out of this world, how much ground he made out. Um, the field he faces here is notably better, particularly with overpass in it. But I think if the track is playing quite fairly and he can reduce, reproduce anything near what he did for um, in that Placid Arc, I think he's one to watch coming down the outside. Um, and Oscar's Fortune, who I thought was enormous in that Placid Arc also. Now, I know when I was speaking to Corbs about it, he had very big concerns about it running out of strong 1,200 metres, but I thought Pikey rode him an absolute treat. And it just took one of the most ridiculous runs of the year from Ripcord to knock him off. Um, what I do know about that Placid Arc race, there was no pressure from any other horse. To, on Saturday, I think there's going to be a lot more pressure and the worry is whether he'll not, he'll fold under pressure over 1,200 metres. I don't know. I think if Overpress even brings 80% uh, of his best, I think he just wins this race. And if you go back and watch that trial he had behind Malkovich, he was absolutely trucking to the line and I love the booking of Josh Parr. So I think he's a great chance. Um, in terms of Friday tips, I, with this pending weather, I just want to find a horse who I know is going to handle the soft going. So I've gone to Sunshine Coast Race 7, always on show. Now, the horse has been racing in BM78 and 80 grade and in Class 5. So it's been running pretty soundly. Now, he has had to carry Andrew, Andrew Malley and the Butcher for three of them and then Orman, the other, where he did run second. And that was the race where I did put him in the black book. Now, she does come here in a class four, which is a step back in grade, does get the services of Ormond again, which is fantastic. She loves soft and heavy going, and I think she is the best horse in this race. So I'm not too concerned by the weight there of 60 kilos, and I think 350 is a fantastic price to find out because you're going back and looking at some of these horses in this race. Um, the second favourite's coming out of sixth in a BM68. You've then got Murawad, who's been racing out in, in 55 company there, um, like it's just, it's just a junk race, really. Nothing's coming out of good. Some horses coming out of class twos. Now this horse just brings the best foremost, and I think it'll be winning. Simple as that. All right. Uh, good luck on the weekend, everyone. Obviously, if you want to know the unit staking that I do follow, please send Connie a message, and he will send that through to you via private message. Anyways, good luck on the punt team, and we'll check back in next week.